Welcome to another edition of On The Road with Legal Talk Network. I'm Ed Watts and I'm the host for this episode, which has been recorded on location at Legal Week 2024 in New York City. With me today, I have Jamie Brown from Lighthouse and Isha Murate from ALM. Welcome. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you for having us. Fantastic. So looking forward to getting stuck into this conversation. Um, first of all, Jamie, I'd love for you to explain what is Gen AI? Well, generative AI is a type of artificial intelligence that can create new content using data and algorithms. So at its simplest, that's the simplest, easiest explanation. It learns from existing examples of other human-made content. Uh, that content is... Uh, content that is accessible. Uh, and it can be used for lots of different purposes. Uh, common examples are to enhance creativity, discovering new insights, or something as simple as automating tasks. The best example of generative AI is ChatGPT, which was released by OpenAI in November of 2022. Yeah. And um, how does it differ from AI of yesteryear? You know, AI's been in round for five plus years. What's prompted this new phase, this new buzz? I think it's helpful to think of it in the context of how it fits in the in the broader AI universe, if you will. It's really, Gen AI is really just a subset of AI. It leverages machine learning and also deep learning al algorithms. Uh, it ultimately forms large language models that train the technology to generate output with increased accuracy over time. Fantastic. And um, Isha, how have you seen uh, AI in the kind of publication space, in the industry, the evolution? How, how are people viewing this, this change in, uh, in access to te technology? So I'm super new at legal tech reporting. I really started two years ago, and I knew very little about it. So when I started, it was all CLM and e-discovery and, you know, just learning what that meant. And things weren't changing. That my, my entire first year, halfway into my second year, things weren't changing that fast. We heard a little bit about the metaverse. We heard a little bit about CLM was really hot last year, or the year before. It was super hot. It was all anybody was talking about. And then Gen AI happened at the end of 2022. And in my really short time reporting on it, there's really nothing I've, I've seen similar to it in the legal industry, or I mean, as a journalist in the media industry. And it's really caused incredible innovation um, and incredible panic. And I've not seen any, any tech in my lifetime really do that. And that's my, you know, sort of general answer to that question. Mm. There's a lot that's changed in terms of the tech. There's a lot that's changed in terms of fears of people losing their jobs because the tech can really do so much. And you know, I've I've demoed so many tools, uh, e-discovery tools, but also CLM tools and matter management tools and you know whatever jargon you want to use to describe them. And it really is super cool technology that can do things in a super user-friendly way that seemed really difficult and tedious and boring, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what 
that's what my answer would be, which yeah. is, I don't know, I hope I answered that. Yeah. So rather than being fearful and maybe resistant to this technology, how do you think people should be seeing this and, and perhaps embracing it? I think it's really an opportunity to harness technology to improve day-to-day business process. That's really what is getting most businesses excited about. I think for the type of clients and that we have in, in law and technology, it's also an opportunity for those folks to partner with their peers in their organizations to help them enable it in a way that drives the business and the innovation and the things that we were talking about, but also does that in a responsible and defensible manner. There are risks uh, that do require mitigation, uh, and in order to be in a position to mitigate those risks, you have to understand a little bit about how the technology works, and you have to understand a little bit about how the business contemplates using that technology, and really be in a position to advise the business or your corporation on the best way to proceed, because uh, there's a lot of nuance uh, depending on the use cases, and and again, how the business really wants to to deploy it. Yeah, and really interesting. Do you think there's a formula that people should be applying for uh, adopting AI in their organization? How should leaders, managers, owners, CEOs be thinking about um, implementing AI into their organization? It's a great question. I guess the short answer would be that it it really comes down to gen, gen AI governance. So like the deployment of really any other transformative technology, Uh, You really need to have some kind of governance committee, have a good understanding of your mission, how are you going to deploy it, uh, and really put the time and effort into planning that doesn't have to be exhaustive. It doesn't have to block deployment fully, uh, but it really does require the right stakeholders that do include legal uh, and security and IT and privacy and other business stakeholders to really, again, define those use cases, have some preliminary understanding about how the technology works, evaluate really case by case, I mean use case by use case, evaluate the risks that are associated with the deployment because it is going to depend and try to mitigate those risks. And then once one is ready to deploy the technology, really doing it with some guardrails in place, making sure there's documentation, making sure there's training. And the biggest piece is that this really never ends. So you have to have some kind of evergreen maintenance in place because Mm. the technology is only going to continue to improve and evolve, but the adoption is also going to continue to evolve and expand. And so that governance really never never goes away. Yeah, okay, so would you recommend that people realize that this is kind of Pandora's box once you open it in your organization, there's no turning back? Yeah, 100%, but I would say, I hear the term Pandora's box and it sort of suggests a little bit more of the fear mongering <laughs> that I think is really happening. Look, this is a, it's, it's powerful technology that presents massive opportunity. That's why it's innovative, that's why it's transformative. And you know, what, what you were saying before is really accurate, which is, We don't have this come by all that often. It's not every year that you have really innovative, transformative technology that we're talking about. You know, sometimes I've been in the space for a really long time, going over, I think, 23 years now. I'd say every five to seven years, there's something really exciting. So five to seven years ago, we were super excited about cloud deployment and what cloud transformation means. And we're still excited about those things uh, and they're still quite relevant, but this is really that next wave 
of uh, innovation and excitement. And but along with that, sure, it comes comes some risk, and that gives lawyers and legal practitioners a, a huge opportunity to really take the skills they already have and and port them into a new area that really is just so ripe for uh, education and advice uh, and real partnership to help the business drive this technology forward uh, in the way really that's contemplated. And that, that really shouldn't be scary. It should be exciting. Mm, fantastic. Um, I think we've seen examples of innovative and forward-thinking companies encouraging the users of Gen AI in the organization um, in a way that's not prescribed, to think of new use cases, to push the boundaries. And we talked about you know, AI being evergreen and needing com constant compliance and checks and balances. How would you recommend that people kind of keep on top of it? They're able to understand how people are using AI that's already been deployed or maybe not sanctioned in a compliant manner. Yeah, so I would say for if we're talking really about a legal stakeholder, it's really letting those other stakeholders know that they deserve or need a seat at that table so that they have early insight and perhaps can contribute to some of those use cases to make sure, again, that they're appropriate, that they're being ruled out in a way that's thoughtful uh, and really uh, responsible and defensible. The second is that one of the pieces of, of advice that we give customers is to make sure that they have an ongoing inventory of AI use cases within their organization and that those are continuing to be evaluated. And you know, it's what's interesting I think about the technology is just sometimes even reading about those use cases really opens one's eyes around just the power. And I would say the third would be for individuals, regardless of really where they sit in an organization, to take it upon themselves to educate themselves about how the tech works. There's a lot out there, even right now, people are getting educated in a, in a bit of an organic way because there's just such a demand and a hunger for knowledge. Uh, but getting educated through their peers sometimes or their partners, it could be a vendor, it could be a law firm, uh, and really kind of talking through through that, um, I think can they can bring that knowledge back to their organizations to, again, partner with them on uh, successful, defensible, responsible deployment. Yeah, awesome. So. Gen AI prompts are a big topic at the moment. How to ask the right question to get the right answer. Is there a chance that two people wanting the same thing can ask their question in two different ways and get two different responses? Sure. There's a whole, uh, almost like a cottage need, if you will, around training on prompt creation. It's almost similar to how one would train perhaps a, you know, an associate on how to take a deposition. You know, what is the difference between perhaps an open-ended question or a leading question? How do you remove bias perhaps from certain questions? So prompt creation is really important and understanding, I think, how the technology works can help inform that a bit. The other piece that's really important is really validating validating the results. And once you go through enough exercises where you are validating, even that process will over time improve how you answer questions. Yeah, awesome. Um, fast forward five years, where do you see Gen AI, AI in the workplace, AI in your personal lives? What, what does the future look like? 
The power that this has is really to transform business process really across almost every single business unit. So from a business standpoint, I really see this being commonly used, widely used to support the way that people work. And if you think about what that means for e-discovery professionals, uh, it, it really means that they will have the ability to readily preserve and collect um, information that is generated by this technology, which includes prompts and references to documents and new content and creation. So that becomes really an integral part of their process to the extent that information, of course, is relevant to that particular matter. I also see other use cases within in e-discovery where we are actively using prompts perhaps to support the discovery, the creation of discovery requests or responses or create documents that perhaps summarize events or timelines or help us understand perhaps who uh, key actors are or their roles in a, in a particular investigation. So I continue to see an evolved use even by e-discovery if you think of uh, legal or e-discovery as its own little mini business unit. From a legal and regulatory standpoint, you know, the law is always a little slower, right, than the technology. So I do think we will continue to see a really mixed and evolving landscape uh, just like we are now. It causes a lot of confusion and makes it a little difficult to feel as though you're operating in a fully compliant manner. But I think many of us will look to some of the guidelines that have already been promulgated, particularly those in Europe, like the AI Act, is really setting a, a standard for, for us to follow and adapt, where we're just continuing to uh, implement and evolve the use of this in a way that meets guidelines, that is responsible, that is aware. And then lastly, I, I think that we will see companies uh, in a position where they will need to perhaps defend their use of AI. And the only way that uh, one can defend it is really if you have that documentation in place, if you had that AI governance in place and uh, really are able to substantiate not only a defensible deployment, but really maintenance and evergreen maintenance of that program over time and an awareness. And much like companies have to do with really any other compliance response that they may undertake. Yeah, Fantastic. Super interesting. Uh, I'll ask both of you this question, uh, but first, Isha... AI overhyped, underhyped, or just right? Well, I guess when we talk about AI, we have to specify what type of AI we're talking about, because AI is not new necessarily, but if we're talking about generative AI, I don't think it's overhyped. I think that some people who create it understand it better than other people who create it, and, and I think sometimes uh, there's a lot that gets lost in marketing hype? Maybe maybe the hype is in the marketing, but not in the technology in this case. I don't think so. I think if we're talking about Gen AI, I would agree that this is about just right. Uh, certainly as it relates to the potential for disruption and innovation and productivity improvement. I think as it relates to legal and the risk associated with the use of it, I also would say it's just right with the caveat that you do need to have that governance in place. If you have the governance in place, do you have the partnership, you are planning, you're doing this in a responsible way, there are ways to mitigate that risk. And sometimes that part of the message gets left out. Well, it's like we've reached the end of the road for this episode. I want to thank our guests, Isha and Jamie. Thank you so much for joining us thank today. Thank you, appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having us. This was great.
Also, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us in the Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, I'm Ed Watts, and you've been listening to On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.